So we're going to do this again. Okay. You had mentioned that you got a lot of feedback, a lot of responses, a couple questions uh, after we did the last recording. Yes. Mostly um, positive, negative, mix. Everybody that talked directly to me was positive. Were there like mumblings behind the scenes of like yes, negative shit? A little bit. So like you should do in life, you should focus on the negative first. <laughs> so what, what was some of the negative stuff that you heard? And if you don't want to talk about specific people, or you don't want to call people out, that's fine. You can just say like, I heard this. It's up to you. Yeah. Uh, that I made it sound like Mennonites are okay with people being rapists and I felt like I explained myself, but maybe I didn't. Was that the only, was that it for negative? Uh, that I can think of right now. Well, if maybe it was, as we talk, something else comes up. If it was something that offended you or somebody got pissed off at you, you would easily I would recall know. that. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, oh, I don't, I don't really remember. I think that with something like that that is such a big deal, your initial response as someone that's kind of being accused of not caring about rapists or rape, you don't want to think that. But when you look at we didn't get into details and since this all involves people close to you we probably shouldn't mm -hmm. but if you allow it to continue even if you think that it's wrong you're not really doing anything to stop it right so you're not it's condoning it in a way mm-hmm it wasn't really like I brought up, let's talk about the rape stuff to make Mennonites look like bad people. Mm -hmm. It was brought up only as an example to put against you got divorced. Mm -hmm. And that was unforgivable. Mm -hmm. You were removed from the community. But the rapist wasn't. Right. You you are not, but you could be gay. You would be removed from the community. You would have an active action taken against you. Like, you're gay. You're going to keep being gay, so we're removing you. Right. That was the only reason why the rape stuff came up, was that there's just such... A disconnect it seems like between the punishment for certain things that non-Mennonites most people don't give a shit about divorce anymore right the, the gay thing is getting better but there are non-Mennonite people that would be like oh my kid's gay I disown him mm -hmm. that seems to have gotten a lot better over the last couple decades 
on the opposite side of that, like everybody hates rapists. Right. But the Mennonites are kind of like, well. He said he was sorry. Right. And yeah. So there was no intent to call anybody out. I was like, you specifically are okay with, you know, people close to you or your family members getting raped. It was just like, why do you care so much about divorce? Such a minor thing. Why is it such a big deal to you that it appeal that it appears to me to be a bigger deal than like somebody getting raped? Mm-hmm. I agree. One of the other things that I guess I wanted to clarify while we're talking about it was that I also didn't bring up the women in the way that they dressed as like, look at them. They look so weird. Let's just make fun of them for the way that they look. And you got a lot of comments about the way that I perceived the women mm-hmm. that I started to think maybe it did come across like I was poking fun at the way the women look and your mom and your mom's sister, they still dress this way. Right. So for me to be like, Oh, they're so silly looking. Mm-hmm. That also wasn't my point. The reason that I brought up why the women dress was because I just wanted to compare that to the way that men dress mm-hmm. and how you could see a man, a Mennonite man out in public and never know. Right. You might have an idea, like he looks a little old fashioned, but maybe not depending on how lenient specific churches let the men dress. Right. But the women, there's no doubt in your mind. Yeah. There and never it, is. It was the men who came up with the rules. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was more of a, the men did this to you. Mm-hmm. The men are continuing to make you do this. You may not have a problem with the way that you dress. And if you dress that way and you enjoy it and you believe in the reasons why you do it, then you should be happy about it and not worry about it. I guess I dress weird to some people. I look weird. But it doesn't bother me. And people could easily make fun of the way I look. But I still continue to choose to look the way that I do. You like the way that you dress. And I'm sure that there's a lot of those women that like the way that they dress too. I didn't, but some of them do, I think. There's probably some that don't, (laughs) but... And I'm sure that there are some that would like to at least broaden their wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Or have more options. Accessorize a little. Mm -hmm. For me, it was just trying to get to how dominantly controlled the Mennonite religion is by the men. And that was just one of the ways that I noticed that we talked about it a little bit. It's the men that make the rules. Mm -hmm. And this, this could be reaching, but this is me applying my non-Mennonite worldview to a Mennonite man 
who has a little, he's smarter than you'd think he is. Does that? That makes sense. There's certain ways that men think that you would not remove from them just because they subscribe to a certain religion. So a man has a wife. Okay. A man doesn't want another man to be interested in his wife. He doesn't want anyone to take his wife. He doesn't want his wife to cheat on him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want his wife to be tempted. Let me make a rule so that my wife looks just like every other wife. Let me make her boring and plain so they all look the same so that no other man could see something in my wife that he likes more than another woman. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it's like an insecure, don't come after my wife. <laughs> they don't covet my wife. Right. So to make sure that you don't, let's just make all the women look the same. Mm -hmm. You just pick the one you want to marry. And the next guy just picks the one he wants. You're all basically just picking a woman. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily picking your soulmate or the love of your life. And I guess we could talk about that some because we didn't talk about it last time. There isn't a long dating procedure. No. Prior to marriage. Not generally, no. So what was your experience with that? I started David Ding at 17 and my birthday's in December and I got engaged in March and got married the 1st of June. So you were, you dated for four months and yeah. then you became engaged. Yeah. And then you were engaged from March April, to April, May, June, three, barely three months. And then you were married. And then I was married. But you also didn't date around before no. you found the man that you got married to. No. You didn't have little, you know, most high school kids will go through a couple like three, six, nine month relationships or like a year of high school. And then maybe you go through college, you have a couple like two or three year relationships. Well, I had boyfriends that I occasionally talked to that you didn't date well, you you never, didn't go on a date with them. You just like saw them at. You're talking about a Mennonite high school boyfriend, <laughs> right. which would be like a sixth grade <laughs> boyfriend to most people. Yeah. <laughs> you never went on a single dinner date with anyone but the man you married. Right. That is true. So it wasn't like, let me see if I like this dude. And then I'll see if I like this dude and I'll see if I like this dude. It was kind of just like, I guess this dude. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be but, possible that you met him immediately. You were all about him and you just knew he's the one right away. So you just went for it because that happens at 17 a lot. And most of the time, not all the time, most of the time people are wrong mm -hmm. and it wasn't the one for them. But then they're already married and it's too late. <laughs> yeah. For a lot of the Mennonites. Other people, they just break up and move on. Or you could know before you even get married 
that this isn't really somebody that you're into, mm-hmm. but you're supposed to get married. Right. Just to be clear, um, I did talk with the guy before we started dating. Like we had conversations before a little bit here and there. So what do you consider when you say... We wrote each other letters. No. <laughs> when you say that you dated or whatever for three months before you got engaged. That meant like an actual date where he came over to my parents' house. We sat in the living room and we talked. So the first... That was a date. <laughs> oh, that was... That was the date. He didn't introduce himself to your parents and then y'all went out. No. The date was, I mean, was at your house. The first date. Yes. Was at your house with your parents. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the parents, you know, like go to bed or whatever. You get to spend some time alone, kind of. Okay. But, yeah. It's not alone time like most people. Well, I guess it depends who's going to listen to this. <laughs> I guess most people that are going to listen to this will know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but for the other group, it's not alone time. No. That's not, not what you mean at all. No. One other thing that I kind of brought up that we talked about for a bit was the technology electronics thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that also came across as kind of picking at hey your beliefs are this so why are you so bad at sticking to your beliefs why is it so easy for you to drop something for the convenience of you know the iPhone Mm -hmm. and I wasn't specifically just trying to point out like the hypocrisy of that. I was also trying to drive that point towards how they seem to have no issues making concessions for their beliefs to make their life easier or more enjoyable. But they have a really hard time applying that vision to someone else doing the same thing. You changed your life. You got divorced to be happier. Mm -hmm. You were going, you were so unhappy that you were going to kill yourself. Mm -hmm. But you choosing divorce is unacceptable. But choosing to watch baseball, like that's okay. Right. And so it was more of trying to build on that aspect of it where it's very easy to make exceptions for yourself. And if you do, that's fine, but you should apply those exceptions to other people. You can't have a radio in your car and then talk shit about your neighbor that has a radio in his car. Right. And it seems like there's a lot of that that goes on But instead of comparing radio to radio, it's I chose to not put a lot of value in this. You chose to not put a lot of value in this. 
and now there's a conflict mm-hmm. because the things are different. But the end result is you like watching baseball. You like being on the internet. You want to not kill yourself. Mm-hmm. You want to be happy. Like they're choosing things. Baseball makes them happy. Right. Maybe you having a different boyfriend or a different life would make you happy. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, there's... I know that they would say, well, there's nothing about baseball in the Bible. There's nothing in the Bible that says anything about that directly, where there is things that say that divorce isn't a good thing, like directly, like the Bible talks about divorce. Specifically. Specifically. Instead of baseball. baseball. Yeah. And you did have one person that sent you a message that asked about the mixing of the fabrics fabrics. and he or she wanted to know like what Bible verse says this. Mm -hmm. So I just Googled it and there's like 10 or so. There's a few. Yeah. That say it, it's not hidden in there and it's not cryptic. So Leviticus 1919 says you shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. So it's right there. Mm-hmm. Very plain. One sentence. Then Deuteronomy 22.11, you shall not wear cloth of wool and linen mixed together. So there are examples of shit that is specifically written word for word in the Bible. Just like you can't get divorced. You can't wear these clothes but they're wearing the clothes. Mm-hmm. So you can forget the baseball analogy. Do Mennonites wear clothes of different fabric? Yes. Yes. So what's the difference then between the Bible says no divorce and the Bible says no mixed fabric? Then it's the same. Both are stated right there. I think the difference is Old Testament, New Testament. Because the fabric stuff is in the Old Testament. And then Jesus came and said, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. Yeah. But what did he say? Don't worry. Was the divorce stuff in the old or the new? I don't even know. I feel like there's something about it in the New Testament. Regardless, there's plenty of examples where people are choosing for shit to not apply to them. But then having a huge problem when other people choose for shit to not apply to them. Mm-hmm. You're not even really choosing for it to not apply to you. You're kind of just like, fuck the whole thing. You're not trying to even bend the rules so that you can still become, or you can still maintain your relationship as a, or your standing as a Mennonite. No. You're just like, I don't want to fuck with any of this. Mm -hmm. So in a way you're just like, I'm not going to worry about it. Like I'm out. Yeah. Which is, probably a better way to go about it than I'm just going to move these rules and regulations around so that I'm really from the outside, not a Mennonite, Mm -hmm. but I'm still going to refer to myself as one. So what you're saying is a prime example of why there are so many Mennonite churches and they split up and they split up and they split up because of that exact reason. 
Some of them want this. And the rest of them say, no, that's like too worldly. That's too far. So they split apart. And another church is born. And then the same thing just happens over and over and over. Because there's always somebody who wants just a little bit more. And people who say that that's wrong. And also, there's a lot of, from the Mennonites that I came from, they would talk about that as, you know, this, the end times are coming because people like can't get along and they want more of the worldly things than they should. And I don't know. I think there's something in Revelations about some of that stuff. Like too many people losing their faith or something. Yeah. Like, like people leaving the ch- church like and, me. <laughs> and that's a sign of it's, like, what do they call it? end times What's... are you thinking about the rapture yeah 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 i don't know if they believe in the rapture or not honestly we we never were you didn't talk about that no we didn't talk about that i didn't know what the rapture was until a few years ago we talked about it a little before about when the church is split up like this pastor what do you call them are they pastors you call bishops. them ministers and ministers bishops. okay They'll go start their own church because it has these rules. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's just the leader of the church making the rule. Right. It's not Jesus's rule. But what it comes down to is what does it matter what the church says? Because this technically is about your personal beliefs. Mm-hmm. Right. Religion in general is about your personal beliefs. I believe this. Yeah. So is it that you believe this way? That's what makes you a Mennonite or a Buddhist or a Hindu. Mm -hmm. Or is it that you're believing what the church is telling you to believe? Because then you could just pick anything. I could just pick any religion and be like, I'm going to be that. What are the rules? What are the beliefs? Okay, I believe that now. I'm just going to follow that. Yeah. What you personally believe seems like that's the important part. If we're talking about beliefs, that's personal. That's within. Right. So it sounds like people are just following what the church tells them to believe. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this church believes this. Like, okay, so I believe that now. There are a lot of people like that. And that doesn't apply just to the Mennonites. That's just the religion in In general. general. If you kind of had feelings of a certain thing and then you discovered Buddhism Mm -hmm. and you were like, oh yeah, like I kind of felt this way. I didn't really know what Buddhism was, but now that I've heard about it, this is kind of in line with how I think about shit. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're someone that thinks that we need to be more traditional 
more conservative, live life the way that we used to live it. Maybe you're a good fit to convert to being a Mennonite or being Amish. If there are people that really believe in that, and I'm sure that there are. There are a few. (laughs) You don't really hear of a lot of people becoming Mennonites. Well, it seems like something you're just born into. Yeah. But I could see there being people who could get on board with the old-fashioned lifestyle. But then you add in all the new worldly stuff and the electronics, and it's like, okay, well, that wasn't really your belief that electronics are bad and leading the world down the wrong path. Mm Mm-hmm. Your belief then is just in the religious aspects of being a Mennonite, which is basically just Jesus, which already exists. And it's called Christianity. Right. Because you had somebody ask you, you know, to make sure that you outline the difference between the different types of of Mennonite. Mennonite beliefs. But that's, that's like taking Christianity and then going into every single branch of that. And then the sub-branches of that. And then the sub-branches of those sub-branches. Like, it, it's like impossible to explain, it seems like. Because there's so many different ones. And, and some of them believe maybe like everything the same except two things like there's maybe two rules where you know we can't drive cars with chrome on it no chrome no chrome chrome is way too shiny so something that small one thing that we didn't talk about last time was that you finalized the divorce moved on with your life. You met somebody else. You seem to be happy with that. Yes. But when it comes to family gatherings or holidays or occasions, this person isn't allowed at your parents' house. Right. That's me. It's you. I'm that person. I was going to ask, are you going to talk about yourself in third person Mm -hmm. (laughs) the whole time? It makes sense to me when I look at it from their perspective. At least the perspective that you explain to me Mm -hmm. is that it it isn't necessarily anything to do with me I mean, it may be a little bit, but not the majority of it. Mm -hmm. It's that since you did get divorced, you've like lost God's favor Mm -hmm. or some shit like that. And if they allow you to bring the new man into their house, then that's them saying that they're okay with it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and that by them being okay with it, they may lose God's favor. Yeah. Which, going back to the rape thing, like, I can't come to their house, but yeah, the that, rape is fine. That doesn't make sense. But that wasn't why I brought this up. If they think that having me over to their house could possibly be something that could lead to them going to hell, mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to have a problem with that. Right? If, if they truly believe that their chances of going to hell are higher by me coming into their house and them condoning your actions, I wouldn't wish that on them. And I can't really be mad at them for it either. If they think that they may go to hell for it. I... I just, I don't think that it lines up with the New Testament. If you're going to believe in Jesus and forgiveness and all of that, Jesus hung out with all the bad people in the Bible. He didn't hang out with the good Christian people. And he ate with them and did, you know, everyday life things with them. It just, if somebody would believe in the Old Testament and be like really strict about that, I could see then that they would feel that way. But like we just talked about, maybe it isn't in the New Testament or the Old Testament or any book. Maybe that's just their belief. Yeah. I Regardless guess it of could where be. they may have got the belief from. Mm-hmm. If that was me. And I truly felt that way. I wouldn't have that person at my house either. And if they did come over, I would probably like run out of the house (laughs) to get away from it. Or I'd be like sweating the whole time and nervous and terrified. Like this is going to be what gets me sent to hell. Yeah. And here I am just accepting it and eating dinner. Like I wouldn't be able to do that. I guess if you look at it from that perspective, yeah, sure. I I can see that. Um, I, I feel like you going to their house or any of my family members' house, I wouldn't feel that they are accepting of my choices just because you're invited. Because it, it's been made clear to me over and over that they think that I am living in sin, that I am doing wrong, and how I'm living is wrong. So I know that they think that. It, it doesn't make me forget it just because they're, they would be nice to you. It doesn't erase that. I think it's more of like a human be nice to people thing than it is like condoning some sort of bad behavior that I have. Yeah. It's, it's actually your fault. 
Yeah. It doesn't and, really have anything to do with me. No. Like it they doesn't. don't like me because of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because of your bad decision. Yeah. If you would have just met them, I'm sure they would be they would like you. But it's my fault. Yeah. Because I got divorced. Which is your fault because you got married. Which is their fault because they signed. <laughs> no, I I don't want to blame it on that. Like, I mean, I want to, but I think that I have to take personal responsibility for in that shit that in I that did. Community getting married at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen is completely normal not 16 i don't know well i guess i do know of somebody who was got married i mean somebody i don't know if i knew them but like their grandma got married when she was 16 or something well that doesn't sound common. it's like long ago so was 17 still young 17 is kind of young most girls would get married at 18 so what was the purpose then of like why were you like you got to sign this for me. I'm ready to get married. I'm 17. Or was it coming from them? No, it was not coming from them. They weren't excited about me getting married at 17. So that's why I say I can't really put it on them. Were you excited about getting married? I wanted, yeah, I wanted to get away from them. And I thought that I would have like so much more freedom if I was married. How did that turn out? (laughs) so badly i had much more freedom with my parents than i ever did as a married person but you did get a lot of positive feedback and a lot of way to go and a lot of me too Mm -hmm. and a lot of i want to do that (laughs) i got quite a bit of people saying that they love to hear my story. They're so glad that I was brave enough to share it. And like, it must've taken a lot of courage and stuff like that. I got a lot of comments like that. And I mean, it did take a lot of courage to share it. Um, I think afterwards I was just kind of nervous for like a week or two. I felt like I had anxiety really bad. You were freaking out every time you'd get a message. (laughs) Like, look at my phone. Who's going to, like, yell at me? And You're expecting to get reprimanded. I was. I expected to get lots of negative feedback. And instead, I got more positive than negative. And a lot of positive from other Mennonite women. Yeah. And quite a bit of people that wanted, that felt like they were in a similar situation, that wanted advice or they wanted to talk about maybe what their options were. Mm-hmm. Have you heard any s- stories or gotten messages from anyone who has taken that step out or away since then? No, I haven't. So you, I, haven't you haven't saved anyone yet. I haven't saved anyone. I've tried to help people and I think that I haven't sometimes People just need to talk about it. And it takes a while. I. It took me years to get to where I walked away from it. So I understand that if it's something that somebody wants, 
it generally isn't something that just happens overnight. It has, it has, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's usually somebody that has thought about it for a long time and they could use the encouragement. So maybe my encouragement helps, but I also don't want to be that person that's like, Hey, I'm trying to get people to leave the Mennonites. Yeah. I, it's it's not quite like I joke about it being a cult and I might have like some cultish tendencies, but it's not like these people need your help. You have to go rescue them. No, they're not being, well, some of them may be being abused. Yeah, that's true. That's true anyway. Mm-hmm. Now. I think I want to more focus on helping people that are just really unhappy or being abused, like you said. Like, I want them to feel safe enough to talk to me and maybe I can help in some way, but not like leave your religion type of thing. I don't want to be that person. There would be like some guilt involved if you were even like lightly coercing someone to leave Mm -hmm. because some of the things that they may get into or that they may do on like a hiatus (laughs) for even like a week or two where if it wasn't, if they weren't truly ready to leave or they didn't truly not believe they would have like lifelong regrets and like fears of damnation stuck with them. And they would blame it on me. Right. Cause you're the one that like, yeah, I don't want to do that or be that person. Well, you didn't have anybody that helped you. No. So these people just need to get their shit together. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. (laughs) Let's think about what it is that you actually want. Most people know if they're happy or not. I think you can talk yourself into being satisfied. You can talk yourself into being happy with like a certain way of life. Or maybe shit hasn't worked out exactly how you had it planned, but you've made the best of it. I think there's a difference between that and like an overall, like I'm happy. And I think that most people know if they're actually happy or not. Yeah. I think so too. And I've had, you know, I've had people say that they think that I am fooling myself that's the number one negative thing that you seem to get because mm-hmm. you'll just get that randomly yeah like if you post a picture with because too much makeup or it's too revealing or something that's when you generally seem to get i don't know you've gotten it sometimes when you've just been out like being happy doing stuff Mm-hmm. Somebody will get mad that they're not happy out doing stuff. I had somebody say that 
my my eyes don't lie that I'm actually miserable on the inside, you know, and I'm like faking <laughs> faking this happiness. Yeah, there's a word for that, like some psychologist term. Really? Yeah, where I'm not going to try to even remember it, but in in broad terms like a defense mechanism where they don't want to think too deeply about they see you having a good time and it may trigger a little bit of jealousy or envy mm-hmm. where they're like maybe I would enjoy that but instead of focusing on themselves and how they feel it's easier to just lash out at somebody else right and be like I know she's not truly happy. And that makes me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of deep down know that I'm not happy. But if I can make myself believe that she's not happier doing what she's doing, then I don't have to change anything about myself. Yeah. Does that yeah, that make makes sense. sense. Total sense. And... You know, my ex-husband told me like three years ago that I'm living in a fantasy land and like someday I'm going to wake up. And I think talking about this stuff like last month or whenever we did the first episode and actually thinking about how I feel, it's made it more obvious to me. That's the number. Like, oh. How much happier I am now, how much more peace I have, how like things are way more grounded with me than they used to be. Um I feel incredibly thankful. Like I did this first podcast and like talked about it and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like rehashing that stuff and then people talking to me about it and me talking about it more and messages and stuff. It just like reinforces how thankful I am for the life that I have now and how much better it is. The number one reaction of dudes that are like insecure and unhappy with themselves when they get dumped is to say shit along the lines of, I, I know who you really are (laughs) and this isn't you. Mm -hmm. And I know you better than you know yourself. And like, you'll realize the mistake that you've made. Mm -hmm. Dudes love to say, you'll never find anyone better. You'll never be happy with somebody else. And then most of the time, the type of guy that says that, their girlfriend immediately finds someone better. (laughs) Because like a good dude where shit just goes wrong. Maybe unhappy, maybe he's heartbroken, but he's not going to say some shit like, you'll never find anyone better. Mm -hmm. A nice, modest dude probably knows that he's really lucky to be with you. And he's probably known all along that you could easily find someone better. It's always 
the dude's trying to convince you. Like a fear tactic. Yeah. Like, there's no one better out there. This, like, you're lucky to have me. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, no, there's, <laughs> it was actually very easy to find, to find a lot of people yeah. that are a lot better than you. What about somebody who's friends with that dude who tells you, you'll never find someone who'll love you the same way that he does? Because. And she's a woman. That mind trick that he plays on you, he plays on everyone else. Mm-hmm. And some people buy it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he had convinced people that he would do anything. He was willing to sacrifice anything to be like a good husband. And people People bought into that. That kind of... So... I have a feeling that the reason why it seems like so many people buy into that is because a normal... I'm just going to use the word normal. A normal person... That went to public school, elementary, middle, high school, maybe college or not, has had jobs working with a lot of different diverse types of people. They've met lots of people like that. Mm-hmm. And they've been burned by people like that. And they've learned people like that are full of shit to where you can spot the next person like that coming along. So mm-hmm. when they come along again, you're immediately just like, okay, like whether we're talking about somebody to date or somebody to be friends with, or even a casual like coworker friendship, mm-hmm. you can immediately just like, Oh, I've, I know your type. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry about it. We're not, we're not building a friendship. <laughs> right. But when you don't meet hundreds, thousands of people, when you don't have a lot of different relationships, with a lot of different people, you may only know one person. If you went to, to high school with 40 people mm-hmm. in your entire high school, there may not even be someone with that personality type in your school. So right. you don't know that people like that even exist. So when someone just talks about, I do this, I do that. You're just like, oh, yeah, you sound like a great dude. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even cross your mind. Oh, maybe he's lying. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's full of shit. Maybe he's making himself look a lot better than he actually is. Right. You have to have known someone like that and had that experience with them. Mm-hmm. So that next time it comes along, you can identify it. Which goes along with the whole like dating and getting married real quick. Like you didn't even know what you wanted or were looking for in a boyfriend. No. I mean, and not even just you, anyone getting married. That's never even like dated. Nope. So 
that kind of relates to the education, which I kind of had some questions about. Okay. The, the men generally go to school through what grade? Eighth. Eight. Mm-hmm. So the way that the grades were broken up, which I think is pretty standard now, was that sixth, seventh, eighth was middle school. And then ninth and on was high school. Mm-hmm. There used to be a thing called junior high. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? I think so. Okay. <laughs> and for some reason that was like, I don't know, sixth and seventh grade or some shit like that. Or okay. fifth and sixth or something. Like they split middle school in the oh. two schools and took a year of high school or something. Oh, okay. It, it really doesn't matter. I don't even think that exists anywhere anymore. When I went to school... All the way through eighth grade, the last year of middle school, I didn't study for a single test. I didn't pay attention in class. I didn't do anything outside of school to prepare myself to do better while in school. Mm-hmm. And I just made all A's through every class ever. Mm-hmm with less than zero effort. Never once did I study. I only did homework if it was graded. If it was like, read this chapter so that you'll know what's on the test. Yeah. I wouldn't read the chapter. If there was like a page printout where you had to answer questions, I would do that Mm -hmm. because it would count towards the grade, but no studying, no study hall, no reading, no making sure I understand, no paying attention. Mm-hmm. It was all just kind of shit that you just knew already. Okay. And I know that doesn't really make sense, but the subjects that they teach you and then the way that they question you about it on the tests was just kind of like... Yeah, like, I I know Abraham Lincoln ended slavery. You just kind of knew that. And you just made a face. Like, (laughs) oh, did he? Like, yes, he did. Okay. I should know that. It's just, it was more just like shit that you knew culturally from just growing up in America. And I I was good enough at math. Because that is something that you would have to learn. But math through middle school was not super complicated math. Okay. That's when every guy that you knew quit going to school. Right at the end of, I can make all A's by not doing shit. Mm -hmm. In normal school. Mennonite men didn't go to normal school. They went to Mennonite school. Right. And I want to talk about that a little bit too. The shit that you learn in high school like immediately jumped from I don't have to do shit to oh fuck like I don't I don't know how to do this at all but they always told us that our 8th grade is equivalent to a high school education when did when did the women stop going to school 
eighth grade. Okay, the men and women stopped going at the same time. Yeah, there were some churches, not when I was growing up, but I mean, there may have been, I didn't know about them, where I think they allow them to go to like 12th grade if they want to. I don't know of many Tw- people that do. 12th grade at a public school? No. Or 12th just grade as Mennonite school? Mennonite school. Okay. So just tell me a little bit about your average school day in terms of what, like what subjects you were taught or how you were taught them. So... I'll just go with like seventh, eighth grade, you know, when we lived in Colorado and I remember those the best. School started at nine. Um, We would typically have Bible reading. Okay. See, that's (laughs) when you say that they told you that your education was up to 12th grade, Mm -hmm. but like your first subject was Bible. Yeah. Like, no, there's no way that you're progressing four years faster than everyone else while also wasting your time with a subject called Bible. <laughs> we would just read the Bible and memorize Yeah, that's not verses. school. That's not school at all. Okay, well, whatever. It was Bible. There was reading. Reading what? I don't know. Like Maniac McGee? No. You know what that is? What is that? We had a book book. called Reading. Okay. I don't really remember what was was in it. It was Bible-based stuff. Okay, great. So more Bible. I think so. Reading about the Bible. Like questions, you know, and stuff about the Bible and Bible stories. Okay, so not school still. (laughs) Then we had math. Um, Okay, you don't even know what a fraction is. (laughs) Okay, that's just because I was horrible at math. Even if you would have put me in public school, I would have failed math. Why do you say that so confidently? Why do you think that you're just bad at math when it could be that you were never taught how to do math? these other kids in my grade would just do it and be done and I would just be like I don't know I don't know it doesn't make sense I can't figure it out it was terrible I also have I think a mild version of dyslexia so I don't know if that has anything that's more supposed to be about reading than math can you remember the type of math that you were doing in like seventh eighth grade which the last time you ever Algebra? went to Algebra? Like what? I don't know. Okay. Fractions. Okay. <laughs> long division. Well, yeah. I mean, long division could be something you learned in like fifth grade, depending how long the division is. If you're just talking about like what's, you know, a thousand divided by six, mm-hmm. like that could be long division. Okay. Can you... No, it was longer than that. It okay. would be like, you know. Did it have like variables in it? What are variables? Yeah. So you didn't do algebra. I think we did. It was the the letters. Well, that's a variable. Okay. 
Okay. See, so I you, just blocked it out. So I was you, so horrible at it. I just you got to the letters, though. Yeah. Okay, that might be close. Okay, so we did math. We had vocabulary. Okay. And then we had. But that was a fucking subject, though. Yeah. Like learning new words. We had a, a book that said vocabulary on the front of that's, it. That's like elementary school shit. <laughs> and then we had social studies, which was the history. But you didn't know that. Okay. I'm sure it was in there. I'm sure it was. You didn't know that there was a relationship between Germany and Hitler. Why are and you the Nazis. telling people this? <laughs> Because it's not your fault. Maybe it is. Maybe I was just a really bad student and I forgot this stuff. We need people to comment See, and tell me if I was the problem. It isn't necessarily as simple as I was a bad student, so I don't remember specific facts about World War Two, Because that's shit that you didn't learn in school anyway. You might have learned details or dates or specific reasons why specific shit happen. But you just know that from movies or TV or video oh, games or music. Like you, you just learn about this kind of shit. We and didn't have any of that. I know, you so. didn't have any of that. So yes, maybe you were taught about World War II in school and you just don't remember it but you just told me that your first two subjects were bible and bible which means that the emphasis wasn't really on history well we didn't have any books about um like evolution or you know i don't know what subject that is in school but we didn't have anything well, that would be, that like would be. biology science well we didn't well, we had a tiny little science book, but it was just like experiments. Well, you told me that, that you we were do. taught that the dinosaurs weren't real. Right. And that they were faked by science. Yeah. So knowing that your school was teaching you that, mm -hmm. it just makes it easier to think that your school probably also didn't teach you about history and your reading class was reading Bible stories. Mm -hmm. So I imagine that your history class was probably also tied in to maybe religious history or yeah. it, Middle Eastern history. Cause you know, all kinds of shit that I never knew about Middle Eastern history or Middle Eastern geography, shit like that, you seem to know way more than most people would know about that shit. Well, I can't off the top of my head re remember where it is now, but I know that I was told where the Garden of Eden was, like uh, where it is like in the country or countries or whatever now. I can't remember where it was though, <laughs> but like stuff like that. Um, and then we had, we had penmanship, which was just a little book where you learned how to write you cursive. You learned how to write cursive in fucking <laughs> yeah. middle school. Okay. 
in eighth grade. Yeah. Um, what else? We did phonics books like when we were younger, but I don't remember doing that as you realize that older. you you talked about math, mm-hmm. but you don't really remember what math you were doing. Which, if you hated it and you weren't good at it, I wouldn't expect you to remember. If you were to ask me what did you learn about in math in sixth grade, I wouldn't remember either. Mm-hmm. But then you talked about history, but also you don't remember much about that. And you're not sure if you were or weren't taught about specific stuff. Mm-hmm. Besides those two subjects, which you can't really remember much about, it was reading about the Bible, mm-hmm. studying the Bible, mm-hmm. writing words. Mm-hmm. And learning words. Vocabulary. Yeah. Is learning words, yeah. right? So, um, and then you said there was... Like, oh, we had health. <laughs> it was also a really tiny... It was very easy. A little tiny book, you know, it took like 10 minutes for you to do it. But just about like the basics of health, brushing your teeth, <laughs> <laughs> the human body... Like how I think it had in a, like how the body is you know put together and works and stuff, but that's about it. And this is what prepares you to leave school early and go out into the world. Well, we weren't supposed to go into the world, so does it does it matter if we're educated or not? Well, we talked about on the women's side. There is nothing. Mm-mm. So. That is it. You you finish school and then you learn how to be a good wife. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. But for the men, they have to, they do have to go work. Yes. But they got the same education you got. Mm-hmm. So what is expected of the men when they leave eighth grade at 13, 14 years old? What do they do now? Start their own business. A (laughs) 15-year-old. They usually just work with their dads. Okay, so whatever dad does. Yeah, or they get a job with another Mennonite. You know, like my dad has a roofing crew, so other teenage boys would like work on his roofing crew. So it does kind of become the... The son takes over the family business. Yeah. That's and if there's thing. multiple sons, they all just contribute. Yeah. It's just all family. Figure out something on their own. I'm trying to think if there's like any Mennonites that, you know, as a kid, like I grew up with that had like a job. Like where they just went. Because I. Right, I worked. A job. I worked with my dad, like in the summers and stuff, in high school and middle school. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it could have become a job or a career, but it was still just going to work with my dad. Right. There was never go out into the world. 
mm-hmm. and like get a job. So once the male graduates from middle school, it's just go to work, mm-hmm. start making money, generally doing some sort, well, always doing some sort of manual labor. Yeah, pretty much. I don't, I don't know of any that didn't. So be a plumber or are there any plumbers? It's all like Not that construction I can related, it seems. Yeah, a lot of or yard construction, lawn mowing thing, big thing, roofing, which is construction, I guess. And then there's like some farmers. And I guess in a way, if, if you're 15 and then you go and you get your job building houses or whatever and you just do that for the rest of your life you didn't need to know anything else yeah as long as you know the basics of math you're kind of fine which is also why my kid's dad keeps telling them that they're fine as long as they know you know the basics of math and how to read like they don't need anything else if that's the life that they want to live then I guess I'm in agreement like there are lots of Mennonites that make a very good living doing what they do Mm -hmm. and they didn't have to waste time at college and and they didn't even have to waste time in high school Mm -hmm. and And they say that they're like see like, I'm making good money, and I didn't get any of that education crap. Like, but, I'm the proof. But it's it's also true. If you're fine to live the rest of your life inside the Mennonite community mm-hmm. with other Mennonites, it will never affect you that you think that dinosaurs aren't real. Right. It'll never affect you that you don't understand how the solar system works or how evolution works. None of that shit matters. Mm -hmm. You're just going to wake up and build shit for 60 years and then probably make pretty good money and then be done with it. Mm -hmm. But then you have somebody like me who didn't want that and then you're kind of screwed it's all set up to keep you in there (laughs) because you may step out of it and go get a restaurant job Mm -hmm. and be like oh my god this is horrible it's terrible yeah i'm washing dishes for ten dollars an hour at chili's Mm mm-hmm I could be, you know, doing yard work for $30 an hour. Right. So it would make you be like, oh, fuck it. I'll just go back. And people thought that I would because I would be unable to support myself. And I would get hungry enough and worn out from working three jobs that I would go back. Because there's better there. But I didn't see it as better. I would rather have died than go back. 
so <laughs> I just you didn't do figured it out. Yeah. I didn't die, and I didn't go back. I got kind of hungry sometimes, though. And you... It's a, I wish that I had a record of the stuff that we've talked about that's just come up randomly where you're like, I had no idea that that was a thing. It would be a pretty big list. And so when we're talking about like the stuff you did or didn't learn in school, it does sound like I'm picking on you. Yeah, it does. But it's more of an amazement at how they didn't teach you this stuff and how they're continuing to not teach kids this stuff. Mm -hmm. And had your kids still been going to the school that they used to go to, they'd still be being taught this same shit. Mm -hmm. And then they would be 14 and like dumped out there, like figure it out. Mm -hmm. Cause neither one of your kids wants anything to do with yard work or being mm. a housewife. <laughs> no. But that's what they would have been set up for. Right. Yeah. I want to make it clear that I, f I feel like a lot of the reason behind not getting more of an education is reinforced by their lifestyle and saying like, look, we don't need it. And they look down on people who get it. People who do spend the money to go to college. They're like, look, we can make, you know, six figures and we never went to college. You don't need college. And I think there's, there's like a fine line. I, I don't think that you should go to college just to go to college, I guess, to just spend like, if you're spending a lot of money on it and you have no reason to go, then, yeah, like, why? Well, it's a huge waste of money for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, when you're in fifth grade, sixth grade, 7th grade, you don't know what the fuck you want to do with your life. Right. There are people in college that still don't know. They can be in college going for a specific major, and they still don't know what they want to do with it when they get it. Mm-hmm. But... If you don't learn it, you've already limited yourself. It's like if you are a young Mennonite boy and you graduate from middle school, you have no option. Like right. This is what you're going to do. You have to make it. You, you can't do anything else. Or you can work minimum wage jobs out in the real world for the rest of your life mm -hmm. because you really don't know how to do Anything, Anything else. else. Yeah. But it all comes down to what you want out of life. But you're not going to know what you want out of life when you're that age. 13. So you kind of rely on your parents to set you up to be in the best possible situation like at 18 when you traditionally 
leave the house. Mm-hmm. I know in a lot of European countries, I think you just go to through like middle school or maybe half of high school. And instead of going to college or maybe even finishing high school, if you want to be an electrician or a plumber or like a concrete worker, you go to a specific like trade school mm-hmm. where you learn just how to do that thing. Mm-hmm. So they don't waste your time with biology and they don't waste your time with history. It's like, oh, you need to know how to be an electrician. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to teach you how to do that. And then they leave those schools able to get like good, high paying jobs that they can continuously, like there's like levels of electrician, like certain certifications and oh. stuff that you can get. And as you get more certified, you can make more money because you know how to do more shit. Okay. So you don't need to waste your time with college. And mm-hmm. in a way, that's kind of what the Mennonites are doing with a much smaller, limited choice. Right. While also kind of subscribing to that ignorance is bliss mentality. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have a personal problem with that where, yeah, like you're 14 and you didn't go to high school, you didn't go to college. You know how to frame houses Mm -hmm. and you make $200,000 a year, but you're dumb as shit. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in an offensive way. I don't mean like you're a fucking idiot, but you think dinosaurs weren't real. Mm -hmm. You don't know that all the planets in our solar system Rotate around the sun. You don't know that a year is the time that it takes for the earth to go around the sun one time. You didn't know that right now. How do you know? Because I could see by the look on your face. I knew that it rotated. I don't think I knew that it was a year. You don't believe in evolution. You don't understand genetics or vaccines. Or science. You don't trust doctors. Like, there is a trade-off there where, like, yeah, you do make a lot of money. Yeah, you are successful. But you're kind of, like, you've limited yourself to everything else that's out there. Mm-hmm. But I think that that might be starting to slowly break down as the Mennonite community slowly drops their restrictions on smartphones and the internet. They're also evolving They're a little bit. They're learning shit, hopefully, mm-hmm. like that way now, where they are maybe being introduced to new shit. And you learn a lot of stuff through just curiosity and experience that right. you don't learn at school. But Mennonites also aren't getting those life experiences. Their life is just mm-hmm. in this small group. Well, I feel like in the past four years, I have learned a tremendous amount of things, like a vast 
Right, you it learned... like opened my mind to so much more. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I used to have like this tiny little, um, what's the word? Like, I don't know the word. No. Not vision of of the world, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I had this tiny little view of what the world is right. and life is, and it expanded like. It would probably be hard if, if somebody were to come to me and say, hey, we're going to take 75% of shit that you know away from you, but you can make $200,000 a year. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, at my age with my life now, like, that's pretty tempting. But what you know... Affects and what how you, you understand do with it. That well, true, true. <laughs> but it also impacts your personality. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'd probably be a much simpler person. But is that a bad thing? No, I like you the can way be. That you, you can are. you can be dumb and happy. Yeah, it's way easier to be dumb and happy than smart and happy. But I feel like I'm smarter and I'm happier now. So how? Because you were so far (laughs) on the other end. I mean, people have said that, you know, I've changed and like I've. I'm a different person. I don't think my personality has really changed, but I do know that I've definitely evolved. It's impossible to go through the things that I did and to learn the things that I did and not kind of become a different person. Right. Yeah. But that's because you're saying that like people are telling you it's you're, you're a different, right. Like you're a different person now. It's bad. It's, it seems kind of rare that people say you're a different person and mean it in a good way. But there's a lot of examples of that happening where people become like better people, mm-hmm. but they just don't get told it that way, I guess. It's almost always said like, oh, you're different. Like in a you're, negative. You're, you're different than you used to be. Mm-hmm. But that's because they're still the same. <sighs> I think that a lot of that is them also being like, fuck, I'd probably like to be a different person. <laughs> And then their brain immediately shuts down because now it's on them to fix themselves. People don't want to do that. So they just put it back on you as like, oh, you know, you're bad. You've changed. Yeah. You get stuck in that like mind loop of just. I think you're talking about my (laughs) ex-husband. I mean, anybody I think that would say that against you in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, there's a chance that someone is so strong in faith mm-hmm. and so secure in their beliefs that they're saying that to you because they think that you've made a mistake. And yeah. maybe they're legitimately like worried for you. And maybe they think that you're a bad person now. But I feel like 
that's pretty rare when you're also sending you that message through Facebook Messenger from their phone, right? So they've also changed for the worse, further away from the core of what makes them Mennonite. Right. But you've just changed too far for them. Mm -hmm. So when you first made the decision to leave the church and get divorced, your parents weren't happy with that decision. No. And there was a lot of difficulty communicating between you. Mm -hmm. But lately you've, you feel like it's really turned around lately. Yeah, things have gotten a lot better. And it wasn't just my parents. It was other family members, too. Um, but I do feel like with my parents, I know that they're not exactly happy with my life choices. But I do feel more loved by then, them, than I used to. Um, I feel like I can rely on them a little bit more um, just to, like, help out with the kids and stuff like that. So, yeah, things have definitely improved. And it may be time. I don't know. It may be that they realized some things. It may be that I approached it differently. I don't know. I know at first I didn't really talk to them. Um, I kind of shut them out and my, a lot of people because I was just trying to survive. I don't think it was the right thing to do, but I think that's what I did and it didn't work (laughs) for my benefit for sure. After the last episode posted, I got quite a few messages from people wanting to just hear a follow-up episode about the reactions that you got and how you felt about having done it now. I felt like I got like some nice, encouraging feedback. Um, a lot more positive than negative. Um I was also kind of scared that my ex was going to listen to this and give me, like, a ton of shit for it. But I never heard anything from him, so I don't know. Maybe he never listened to it, which hopefully he didn't. I don't care if he doesn't. Um, But, yeah, I was surprised at the amount of positive uh feedback that I got and I felt good about doing it like I said earlier I was anxious for like a week (laughs) at least the first few days um I had anxiety and um just felt kind of unsettled but it also felt good to just talk about it and get it out there and um have people know my side of the story well, you and got, not just... You got a couple of messages from people saying that specifically it was nice to hear 
your version of events mm-hmm. because your version of events was very different mm-hmm. than the other version that they'd heard. Yeah. And I even had somebody tell me that she follows me because she's been hoping <laughs> to hear my side of the story. They love the drama, huh? <laughs> I guess so. She always thought that there would be more to the story than what she had heard. I mean, I feel like there's still... I don't really remember the exact... Like, examples and events that we got into the first time. But I do know that we didn't get into any of the shit that people would be like, oh, wow. So there are actual stories, but I don't think the point of this is to I don't know, tell those actual stories. I'm not really, I, I didn't do this, you know, to get sympathy for the crap I went through. But I did want to say what I said in the last one. Like, if you ever want to talk, I, my, my inbox is always open. I'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about when it comes to, um, I, I guess like Mennonite stuff or abusive relationships or. How about, (laughs) how about just like a general unhappiness with your life and wanting to change it? That too. I'll talk to you about that. I have a lot of that. <laughs> and I talk with you about it. I've helped tremendously. <laughs> For all of you out there, I've made a huge difference in his life. 